Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Hey, what's up, Pelicans fans? Welcome to the Bird Calls Podcast. I'm your host and contributor to thebirdrice.com, Preston Ellis. And today, I'm going to drop an excerpt from a recent conversation on Howard Beck's podcast, The Full 48, where he discusses the Pelicans draft night with Bleacher Report's draft guru, Jonathan Wasserman. Enjoy. All right, so Rui Hachimura and, and with, to the Wizards at nine, 9 was the first holy shit moment for you that was bad. What was the first holy shit moment that was good? Like, wow, they nailed that one. Let's go back to Griffin. I love what Griffin did. I seem to love every move that David Griffin makes. Like I said, you know, he had that fourth pick and he turned it into eight and 17 and 35. Yes. So they took Jackson Hayes at number eight. Hayes to me was, Hayes was number five on my board. So obviously in terms of value, I, I love what they did. Not only do I think he was the best player available, but what a great fit. I mean, I think he's exactly what they need. They, the one piece that they're missing in that starting lineup that they just kind of put together is a rim protector behind Zion Williamson. Now they have one. Jackson Hayes, three and a half blocks for 40 minutes. Near seven-footer moves as well as any seven-footer coming out of college, as I can remember. And he just turned 19 years old. Tons of upside. Reminds me of Mitchell Robinson. I think that's the type of guy that uh, you hope he can be, who just flies around, makes plays around the basket without needing his number called. Um, and um, and if there's one thing that Jackson Hayes was missing, it's kind of interior toughness, and he's going to get some of that playing next to a 285-pounder in Zion Williamson. So I love what he did by turning number four, which, again, I think they could have taken Hayes at number four instead and move back and get three more picks, um, Hayes. And then at 17, they get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who um, you know may never be a star, but definitely a serviceable role player, adds to their bench. A 6'5 combo guard turned into a, a much better playmaker than he was this year, much better off the dribble than he was as a freshman, consistent three-point shooter. Not that monster ceiling because he lacks that explosiveness, he lacks strength, but a very uh, another another just complete player like Culver um, where you can bank on him for rotation minutes. And then they got um, 35, they picked up another international guy. And Didi Lozada, who who knows you know when he's going to come over, when he's going to make an impact, but just another stash asset uh, to have in the bank. So I I, I loved what uh, David Griffin did again to follow up on the trade that I loved with the Lakers. So here's the potential opening night starting lineup for the Pelicans: backcourt of Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday, which might be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Oof. Certainly will be right up there, and two phenomenal passers: Brandon Ingram at small forward. Uh, let's hope he's healthy. And then Zion Williamson and, and Jackson Hayes. I mean, I, I don't know if, if you want to start an all rookie four or five, but I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, this is, but for this to be folks, they're just, they just traded. I just want to step back for a second here. They just traded Anthony Davis, one of the top 
wherever. It's funny. Somebody mentioned this the other day that uh, they had seen like 10 different uh, players named as being part one of the top five players in the NBA right. this week. Anthony Davis is one of the 10 players who's in the top five. Top five, top six, top seven, wherever he is. You had to trade him under the threat of, of you know, uh, losing franchise nothing, collapse. Right. Yeah, losing him for nothing. But their starting lineup on opening night will be Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, <clears throat> Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes. That's a pretty damn good rebound or a damn good start for a team that is, quote-unquote, rebuilding in the wake of having to lose their franchise star in his prime. Plus, they got all those future picks. I mean, this is— Yes. And, and even if they do lose, they're going to lose, and it's going to be fun to watch. This is a really exciting team with Lonzo and Zion and Jackson Hayes, one of the best lob catchers I've seen coming out of college as well. They're going to put on a, a lot of highlights. I think Ingram is really the, the key to this lineup. They need him to, to blow up the way everyone thought he would um, to be that score right in the middle of the lineup. He's going to be a, a crucial towards the Pelicans maximizing their potential. But, man, this lineup is fun. Alexander Walker coming off the bench. I love it. Josh Hart coming off the bench. This is just a, a good sub from, from what could have happened to what they just put together now. If you're in New Orleans, you you got to feel pretty good. And I talked to a couple of people in that front office, and they are ecstatic about the way the last couple of weeks have gone. And they should be. Um, again, kudos to David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, uh, uh, who he hired away from the Nets as, as that's the, their new brain trust. Alvin Gentry is going to have a blast coaching these guys, and he likes to go up tempo, and these guys are going to be able to just zip up and down the floor um, and, and just putting up highlights. Before we leave the, the Pelicans, let me just ask you this. We've, we've spent plenty of time talking about Zion, and we, we know the, the whole you know thing there. And by the way, quick thing on Zion. I love what Griff said last night to the media in, in the wake of drafting him. He said, quote, let Zion be that kid. Don't write this like he is here to save this franchise. He is not. He is here to join this family, which is a very griff thing to say, especially the part about family. And, and he means that. That's that's earnest. We often do this, right? If you're the number one pick, especially top two, top three, certainly if the Knicks don't get anybody in free agency this summer, everybody's going to be turning to R.J. Barrett and saying, you're the savior now. Yeah. And And it's a tough thing that we put on these guys. And in Zion's case, you know, We've talked about this. There's a lot that he has going for him athletically and his feel for the game, but there are there there are aspects of the game that aren't there yet. And the idea that that and he's and he's, and he's replacing Anthony Davis almost directly. And so it, it, the, the hype machine has gotten so far away on him because of the highlights he puts up and everything. And the NBA game is different, and he's gonna probably have his struggles like any rookie does. So just to uh, an amen to what Griff said. Like to put the savior complex on him or to have too high of expectations to have all the dumb LeBron James comparisons that people were putting out there, the hyperbole. It's not fair to him. Um, I'm glad that they're I'm glad that Drew Holiday's still there. I think he's sticking. I'm glad that they've got other players like Lonzo and Ingram, who also are big upside guys mm -hmm. and recent draft picks so that the excitement and the expectation and the burden of that is maybe shared. And it's not just about one guy on a crap team trying to pull them out of the rubble. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we don't kill Zion if he doesn't match Luka Doncic's numbers from last year. And just look at, go back. I mean, Anthony Davis averaged 13 points and eight rebounds as a rookie. What did Giannis average as a rookie? I know Paul George was under 10 points as a rookie. I know there's so much hype and everybody wants it all to happen right away, but it, it may not. And, and there are, there are weaknesses in his game that suggest he may not blow up as a rookie. I'm starting with the fact that he doesn't shoot outside 18 feet or, or he needs to be left pretty much wide open to make those shots. It may take a couple of years before we see the Zion that everybody wants to see. So hopefully everyone, you know, remains calm and, and doesn't <laughs> blow a gasket if he's not, you know, a, a, an MVP candidate 
in his first couple of years. Yeah. And real quick, uh, reading the tweet from uh, Andrew Lopez, who uh, covers the Pelicans for the Times-Picayune, the Anthony Davis in total turned into Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number eight pick, and this is after flipping the number four, the number eight pick this season, the, tw- the number 17 pick this season from last night, the number 35 pick last night, and then still the Lakers 20, uh, 2021 pick if it's in the top eight. If not, it's their 2022 pick unprotected. A swap with the Lakers in 23, swap rights, and then the Lakers' first-round pick in either 2024 or 2025. Griff got all of that for Anthony Davis. It's an incredible haul. And as part of that trade with the Hawks last night, offloaded Solomon Hill's contract. So uh, win all the way around. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Laker fans in particular right now are immediately turning on Ball and Ingram because they're not their guys anymore. And they're like, we didn't overpay. We didn't, you know, uh, they suck anyway. And Cal Kuzma's <laughs> better. And, you know, but all right, look, uh, Lonzo's had some injuries the first couple of years here. Brandon Ingram had that scary blood clot thing. And we don't know what their medical future holds. Mm-hmm. But we can't base just you know a couple of years of track record. Uh, we can't use that to say, well, that's it. That's all they'll, they'll ever be. They'll never be able to, to play a full 82-game season. They'll ne- these guys are young. They're both 21, still developing. Obviously, you scouted these guys a lot before their drafts. Where are you now with, with Ball and Ingram as obviously now two potential cornerstones for the Pelicans to grow along with Zion? I love Ball. I'm still a big Ball was number two on my board after the draft, and uh, I still have confidence that he can that he can you know match the number two overall value, and he's got to stay on the floor. But uh, so young, and, and and I'm going to repeat the same things I said when he was at UCLA. You just he's got that the things he can't teach, and I think that's going to translate. And once his body gets stronger, and he can build some rhythm and play, you know, more than fifty games during the year. And now that he's got some good players, I mean, not that he didn't before, but to have Zion there. And to have Jackson Hayes, those are easy basket targets. And I think it's going to make him a better player. So I'm I'm still on the Lonzo Ball wagon. I think he's going to be a very good starting NBA point guard, particularly in New Orleans with what they built around him. Ingram, I'm not as confident about, although I do think Ingram is going to be a fine scorer. But scoring production and scoring impact are two different things. And uh, we'll see if he can impact games with his scoring and and take it to another level where he's somebody, you know, shot clocks winding down in the fourth quarter. Let's give it to our boy, Brandon, and he's going to put the the team on our back. I don't know if he's going to get there yet. And obviously he's another guy who has to stay healthy and build up his body. But um, again, when I was so pumped, I thought, I I thought David Griffin did such a good job getting those guys and uh, Lonzo's value, even though it may seem lower, it shouldn't. You know, yeah. He's going to be just fine as long as he could stay on the floor. And he'll always have value because of his great defense and his passing. Yeah. The jump shot, we'll see. Ingram showed some, some I think, emerging signs as a playmaker uh, before he got hurt. And, you know, listen, a couple things. You can never have too many guys who can make plays, who can pass. Having a bunch of those guys, and they do now with, you know, Lonzo, Drew. Zion, of course, has, has some good passing instincts. So, like, they, they could be a really fun team that just shares the ball. The other thing is now— 
Zion will be looked at as the guy who, unfortunately, despite what Griff, Griff's pleas, will probably be looked at as, as, a, as the Pelican savior and, and as the franchise star. But with multiple other guys who are or have that kind of upside, you know, no one guy necessarily has all the pressure on them. Like Lonzo had to be Lonzo got the savior complex in L.A., in New Orleans. First of all, much smaller market, less pressure, um, less scrutiny. And Zion takes the spotlight. That gives Lonzo some cover. That gives Ingram some cover. Like this, this could be really good for them, just in terms of context. And also, um, they're also kind of in the same. You know, they're all young, as opposed to AD. Maybe a little sense of entitlement, and LeBron sense of entitlement. These guys are all trying to prove themselves at the same time, and I think that could maybe bond them all together. Um, as these young guys growing up together, as opposed to people on different time frames, and you know, Lonzo having to prove to LeBron that he can be he could be a serviceable point guard and to have to stave off Rajon Rondo who they brought like that's yeah. that's you know they they had such a weird mix you know if the Lakers had stayed with the same trajectory if LeBron never decides to choose them then the development uh is a little bit different and the and the, the expectations are a little bit different and the 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 room to grow is a little bit different for these guys but it it all got warped by LeBron coming in and then them signing all these veterans who you know Felt like, well, that now it's us because we're the ones who already know how to win. Yeah. And especially when you got a guy like Rondo who does a lot of the same things that Ball does. Yeah, it puts a little more pressure on these young guys. So I think that you put Lonzo and Zion in the, in the same locker room, they all have the same type of goals. They're all in the same trajectory and the same window of their careers. Yeah. They don't have to... They don't have to prove something to Anthony Davis that I could that I could be. I promise you, I'll be you know good. I'll, I'll help you. And same thing with with LeBron. He doesn't have to be somebody he's not. They could less pressure. I think they're going to have a lot more fun growing over the next couple of years. And then last note on this, uh, and I, I mentioned this. I can't remember which show it was. On. I think it was on Dan Patrick's show the other day. Just you know, look. Yes, Lonzo Ball has a broken jumper. It's funky as hell, and people might write it off. Guys can always fix it over the course of their careers, and it might not ever be great. He might not ever be a 40% three-point shooter, but he is going to a team that has a great accomplished shooting coach in Mike Penberthy, who I covered way back when, when he had a cup of coffee with the Lakers in the early 2000s. Penberthy, uh, he's the, the first guy to really work hard, I think, with Ricky Rubio when Rubio was still in Minnesota and got him back on the right, or got him on a good path. I know Rubio's shot still kind of comes and goes, but to the extent that there's been progress there, that began with Penberthy when they were together in Minnesota. Penberthy's also worked with Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Devin Harris, Drew Holiday, Kyle Korver, Chris Middleton, um, done some work with Luca as well. So, like, I, I think being on a team with all the other things we just mentioned and with a dedicated shooting coach who is there to just, like, say, all right, this is what we're doing. Practice is over. Now it's you and me. By the way, that's why you listen to the full 48 for notes like that from Howard <laughs> Beck. I'm going deep, deep into the <laughs> uh, coaching staff rosters. But, no, I think I think, you know, look. We don't know, but there's there's promise there. It's different. It'll be interesting to see how guys develop differently in a different context there. Uh, the Pelicans are going to be exciting, as we say. And yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, if you enjoyed what you're hearing, you got to go over to Full 48 Podcast, hosted by Howard Beck, featuring draft guru Jonathan Wasserman for the entire conversation, something that you don't want to miss. This is just lifting something uh 
particularly on the New Orleans Pelicans that I thought you guys might find both entertaining and informative. But if you want the full podcast, you got to go over to the full 48 on iTunes. And please thank those guys by dropping them a rating and subscribing to them today. Uh, once again, I'm Preston. Also for the Bird Calls podcast. Of course, we've got a pod coming to you guys from David Grubb late tonight around the same time if it isn't already live. Uh, if you do not see it yet, make sure you're subscribed to the Bird Calls podcast and it'll pop up as soon as it's available. we got a lot of great interviews coming this week, so make sure you guys stay dialed right here to the Bird Calls and thank each of you for your support. Again, thank you guys. Let's go Pels and hey, let's dance. Thank you for listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under podcast networks. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.